Welcome to Parenting with Play. I'm so pleased you're here and I'm really excited to introduce you to a lovely mum called Vivian and her beautiful 13-month-old daughter, Nina. And you get to hear about how Vivian came to wear parenting and the transformation it has had on her life. Seeing how it has been with her own daughter, she started listening to Nina's upset feelings for the first time when Nina was around seven months old. And that's a big thing, isn't it? To listen to your baby crying in your arms with you. But as Vivian shares the transformation that it has had on Nina, on her behavior and how she is sort of being, whether she's relaxed or happy or not, is quite remarkable. And you get to hear the sort of the, the change in the relationship between them and also how Vivian has changed a bit more, become more comfortable with her own feelings as a self-confessed emotional eater. Now, Vivian is a high school teacher and a single mum. And so to hear this transformation is, is amazing. And I think you're going to get so much value out of this interview, regardless of the age of your children. Obviously, she's talking about Nina being a baby and a toddler, but no matter how old your child is, you will benefit from being able to play and to then listen to your child in this attachment parent, in this aware parenting way. And you get to hear the benefits that it's had, certainly for Nina and Vivian. Now, unfortunately, I did not record this using my lovely microphone. So the sound quality of my voice isn't great, unfortunately, but it's still fine to listen to. Um, and you will hear some banging in the background, and that is the lovely Nina just playing around where Vivian is. And I think seeing how Nina is is actually a real testament to Vivian and where parenting, because it's very challenging for small children when their parents' attention is elsewhere. You've probably experienced it yourself. You're with your child, and then you start to answer a phone call or you talk to a friend and your child then suddenly becomes really needy and quite annoying in their behavior. And it's because it's very difficult for young children when our attention is elsewhere. But as you'll see, the fact that Nina is so relaxed, you get to have that real sense of how aware parenting is for her and for their dynamics. So without further ado, here is Vivian and her beautiful daughter, Nina. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me today. It's so lovely to have you here and Nina in the background. I was wondering whether you would be willing to say what, why you joined Aware Parenting Babies in the first place. Um, I'd hit a point where Nina was waking up every couple of hours through the night, but because we co-slept, I was okay. And I was like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not thinking about sleep anymore. I'm not talking about it anymore. But your little thing came up on Facebook and I was like, I don't know why I clicked, but I did. And then I had to listen to it. I remember calling my girlfriend after listening to your first thing. I was like, oh, my God. There's this thing, and I don't know what it is really, but it makes perfect sense, and I get it. And you don't have to like do structure; you can like play to sleep, and it's incredible. Um, and it just something really resonated within me that I could be the mum that I wanted to be, and that a lot of what I was being told that I needed to do, but was not working with me, and that I was fighting against maybe that there was another option, hence joining the aware parenting stuff um, and doing some investigation. I'm very bad at structure. I'm very bad at routine. I'm very bad at discipline. I'm, you can ask my kid, I'm a teacher. You can ask the kids at school. I am the worst person at remembering to hand out sticker charts and rewards. And I don't think that they work. So to be able to 
find out that there's other people that think that too, and but there's other strategies and that you don't just then have a feral kid that's complicit. Um, was a really exciting opportunity to sort of yeah. explore. I guess I should have introduced you to begin with. You were a high school teacher, aren't you? High school music teacher. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the kids that I deal like, I don't know, it seems to me that music teachers are the ones that um, are the councils of the school. So they're the kids, you know, invariably the kids that are going to have issues come to music and I spend more of my day talking to kids about their big emotional needs and their big upsets and their big feelings and working through it. So it kind of makes logical sense that the next step for me as a parent is to be really in touch with Nina's emotions and to want to help her work through them. Hence aware parenting as well makes sense. I don't want her to get to high school and then to not cope and to feel as though she's continually be told to be quiet and to stop and you're not enough and your needs are not important and your thoughts are not important and that um, you can't um, that you can't do what you need to do and you can't be who you need to be as a parent, you know. So, And how do you feel then that aware parenting helps you and helps Nina with that then? Um, I think it's nice to be allowed to let her cry and that you're not constantly trying to stop it. and Yes, and just to be clear, so when we talk about crying, do you want to just define we're not meaning leaving her to cry on her own? There's a different way of doing things. No, no, no. So, um, I'm, I'm a single mum too, which means that there's, there's no... I, I had her deliberately and I wanted to make sure that we were connected and therefore before when she was crying, I was spending all my time either feeding her or juggling her and bouncing her and stopping her or play this and look at that and let's go for a walk. And it's exhausting and draining and it's draining to own the problem all the time too. Yes, because there's no dad in the picture, is there? It yeah. is really just you and Nina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't even really have a lot of family that live here. So, you know, if it's a good day, it's awesome. If it's a bad day, it's me and that's it there's no there's no one else to go and to 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 get help from so to be able to listen to Nina and to be able to for her to have because things happen in life and you know I do things that she doesn't like sometimes and things happen to her that she doesn't like or she has to develop a skill and she doesn't know how to do it yet and she gets annoyed it happens but to not have to be responsible for that and instead to be able to sit with her and love her through it and to listen to it and empathise and be supportive is just beautiful. You know, instead of bouncing her now, I hold her. And because, like, you know, a few months ago it was always holding her, but now sometimes she sits on the floor beside me and just cries and cries and cries and... She doesn't want anything. She doesn't need anything. I know this because other people try to keep her stuff and try to stop it. And you can see her get really annoyed and she's like, stop bugging me. All I want to do is just tell you what's going on and then I will be okay. You know, like silly example, she, I went out with friends this morning. She tripped over at the park, <laughs> lay on the concrete for a minute to think about 
exactly what had happened and then decided that she was embarrassed or hurt or whatever and started to have a cry. So I picked her up and three seconds later, you know, like, and it was a good howl, like it was loud. Three seconds later, it was like, I'm done. That's great. And did you know that there's a bird over there? And we moved on. And then she tripped over later in the day and it was not a problem because she'd worked through falling over in front of my friends. She'd worked through it falling happens. She worked through the fact that even though I was talking to someone else, I still was present. And it was good. Life was easy. So I think it, it feels nicer than either having to put her into a room by herself and walk away and listen to someone horrendously cry. I've had friends that have done that and I found it really hard to do. Um, you know, and it's it's easier than trying to also stop her from feeling whatever it is that she's feeling. And, you know, it's a nice balance, I think. And she's calmer and easier for it. And yeah, I was going to ask you yeah. about that because I know that, um, well, you spoke to me after after the first time that you listened to Nina crying. So how old was Nina when you first started doing a web parenting? Seven and a half, eight months. When okay. first um, so before that, up until she was three months, um, she was, I was so proud of myself um, because she, my baby didn't cry and I was a baby next door and it cried all the time and I was like, oh, I am so good. I've nailed this motherhood stuff. I got it sorted. And then we went away um, for a really long car trip and Nina screamed the entire way there. She screamed the entire visit with my family and then she screamed the whole trip home. And then she screamed when we got home and didn't stop. And I was like, right, well, nothing down, mum. You, you can go back to having a peaceful baby. And I, we went for walks. I breastfed this kid until... My body was exhausted. She was, you know, started throwing up milk because she didn't need it or want it. Um, and I thought, well, this is just what parenting is. And it's okay. It'll just, it'll settle and I'll be fine and she'll get older and I can, I can do that. Um, but then we did the first cry together. I'm pretty sure I cried through it. Um, and it was horrific and hard and terrible and she just like I've never seen her cry so hard in her life and it was awful and then at the very end of the cry she just sighed and looked at me in the face and was like that's it I'm done I'm the problem is gone and I was like you what what do you mean like I've got three hours more of activities planned to entertain you to make sure that this stops and she's like no, I'm good mum like I just wanted to see it and I just want to look at you for a little bit, you know. Nina used to be obsessed with the walls in my house. You know, I'd put her on the change table and she'd instantly turn her head to look at the walls. And I, it bothered me when she was tiny and she did that and my mum's like, oh, she loves you so much. I'm like, no, she loves the white wall. I don't get it. <laughs> um, but I think she couldn't face to look at me because if she was to look at me, then she would be to cry. And if she was to cry, then I would stop her and shut her up. So she'd distract herself and change tables. Whereas now we spend so much time looking at each other and talking to each other and playing with each other. And, you know, change table time has become incredible in our house where she, we play so much on the change mat and 
she thinks it's hilarious, I think it's fun, you know, we spend too much time on there because it's it's a bonding time now and now there's a feeling as though if she's got a huge issue, it's, we're one cry away from fixing it, maybe two. Is, is wow, that's, and that's really amazing to hear that I'm one cry away from helping her fix it. I mean, that's... And, and it's that reframe, isn't it, from going that I need to do, I'm a great mum because my baby never cries, to, um, you know, crying is really stressful for my baby and I need to do everything to stop it, to I just need to be with my baby when yeah. she's upset. <laughs> and it sounds so simple when you say it out loud, but for babies, we just don't apply it to babies. So Like there's this thought of, you know, babies don't have emotions, they're, they're they're not intelligent enough or they're not developed enough to have a thought process and an opinion about something and therefore, and I'm like, well, at what age do they have emotion? Because then you talk about toddlers having really big feelings and it's like, well, when did, when did that milestone happen? When did that leap happen that yesterday she didn't have an emotion but today she does? And yesterday I distracted her but today I listen you know so it makes I think more sense to me especially now that I've met Nina and I've parented her for I don't know 13 months because I'm such an expert um but it makes more sense to me that she came into this world with thoughts and ideas about what she likes and doesn't like you know people talk about which which breast she favored when she wanted to feed they talk about whether she likes a blanket or whether she wanted a sleep bag. And there are things that she's allowed to find comfort in and joy in and, and to appreciate, but, you know, you can't feel angry and you can't feel sad because you're just a baby, you don't know. And I'm like, but it didn't make sense, it doesn't connect. Whereas the thought that you can think and feel about a whole pile of stuff and that's okay because you're just a mini human and you might not know enough about how to manage it yet. That makes more sense to me anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, it is extraordinary just to even say it out loud that babies have feelings. But, you know, it wasn't that long ago that they didn't think babies could feel pain. So they would operate on babies with no anaesthetic because, well, A, the baby doesn't feel pain. B, the baby's not going to remember about it. So, you know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> so it's extraordinary. So now to sort of go, babies have feelings. And the thing is, we all know when our babies are happy and we go, my baby's so happy. So it's sort of we accept that. But then the other side of the coin is my baby feels sad. Yes. And, and how do you want to be treated when you feel sad? I don't want somebody, well, I've done it to myself. You know, we often grow up with like emotional eating or turning to booze or alcohol, I mean, or cigarettes or whatever. Um, so to then as adults go, hang on, I don't need to do that's actually not very helpful for me to do that. I need to be with my feelings, but we can do that and that's what you've done with Nina from age seven months it's helped it's being with her while she's feeling sad so that she can move through it and I'd love to hear you said it was really hard listening to that first cry but then you also said about go on do you want to say more about that no, um I just I remember for me that because I did my first cry with you Yes, remotely. So I was on Zoom <laughs> and then you were in Queensland, I'm in Sydney. <laughs> yeah. And so we were doing the coursework and um, at that time 
Nina was power walking through the whole house. So our distraction was that Nina would walk. So I think I spent the whole video balancing the phone and my my child in one hand while she's walking around from room to room to room and cycling. And then we get to the very end and she's done and she cracks it. Um, and you're, I remember you finishing the call quite quickly and you sort of said, you know, oh, would you like me to, to do this cry with you? And then, like, Neil lost it. And I remember turning to you and you were like, you know, it's been five minutes. I was like, five minutes? Are you kidding? It's been an hour. <laughs> and then she went, and you're like, well, how do you feel? And I was like, I don't want to go back to work. And so, which was not the reaction that I thought. Like, I knew I didn't want to go back to work, but I've just been shoving it down and pushing it aside. And it, I found it really interesting that my first response to my baby being really upset was my heightened upset as well and the energy yeah. that I was feeling. So it was sort of both of us together got to release a whole pile of stuff, which was nice. And then, you know, to to realise that it was five minutes and then to realise that she wasn't hurt, she wasn't even really breathing particularly hard and laboured for all the energy that she just put into crying. And you knew she wasn't hungry. You knew that she wasn't in pain. You know, you knew physically she was okay. Yeah. yeah like every, every need had been ticked. It's Queensland, so I knew that she was warm enough. You know, like it was, there was nothing that I could put on the list to say. Like I think you even checked her fingers and toes to make sure that there wasn't hair wrapped around them, which is what everybody says you've got to do. Like I, I checked the whole list and all that was left was, sadness and irritation you know yeah so um baby into a glass door and then noticing how she was afterwards I remember you saying clearly how well, how I she was afterwards like I took a photo and sent it to you because I think um the only way up until that point that I'd really been able to get her to sleep had been to feed her to sleep and for quite a lot of it I'd have to stay lying with her attached to her <laughs> we're very independent of this house um, I'd have to stay lying lying and attached to Nina um while she slept pretending that I was her dummy um and like my body was breaking it's very difficult to lie in those positions for hours and hours and hours at a time and my house was filthy I had nothing you know no time down to to go and do things so I remember she'd had this massive cry and then her whole body just was so relaxed you could there was no tension left in it she just was easy and calm and <laughs> relaxed you know and I think over the next week or two that I'd really practiced listening to her, the excessive walking that she was doing and the the need to constantly have a new distraction put in front of her just passed and we would spend time, I don't know, playing games or I'd be able to hang things out on the washing. I, I, don't, I don't even know what happened, but I just remember that it got easier, like, really quickly and really rapidly. Um, and 
even the crying got easier. You know, like listening to her um, was easier to handle and easier to hear. I became quite a crying convert then. I remember talking the next week and I was like, I just can't wait for her to cry. It's so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Mum was coming afterwards, you know, and it just, it it changed her house into something that was really pleasant to be in. I just found your message that you sent me actually straight afterwards. You said, thank you so much. That was incredible. Nina cried for another 10 or so minutes, lay in my lap for about a while and had the most relaxed, calm feed. She's now laughing and playing with me. You were so right when you said it was beautiful. It, and it just, really is, yeah. You know, you think you think something so negative is going to be so big and hurtful and suddenly it's just not. Yeah. I think I, when, I try and exp- when I explain it, I sort of say your baby will actually be happier. The more your baby can cry with you, they will become happier and more relaxed. And, you know, just like, how old is Nina now? She's one. How many months? 13 and a half, nearly 14 months. And she's just being able to sit, you know, she's playing, obviously, because she's a gorgeous little baby come toddler. Um, but, you know, just hearing you noticing that difference from being that sort of frenetic energy, always needing to be distracted, always on the move, go, 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 to having that sort of calmness and just, um, remember you saying that she could then just play with something for a longer period of time yeah. that she couldn't do beforehand or she didn't do beforehand. So, yeah. A lot of my mum friends within my group, um, maybe drawing some paper. Um, within my group, I'm the only one that really practices the way of parenting. Um, and everybody will comment on how calm Nina is and how easy she is a lot of them will sort of say oh you know girls are really great and that's beautiful but I do kind of wonder whether you know she has all of these opportunities to be able to to you know because we do a lot of play now as well a lot of connected play and um a lot of roughhousing and a lot of you know physical rumble tumble stuff now that she's bigger and older we can sort of do those things but we also do lots of crying too and lots of listening, even if it's not crying, lots of talking about, you know, I don't know. And I think that that has a really positive impact on her ability to be able to do things. You know, yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, there are times when we'll go away and, you know, you can sort of tell the difference when I haven't been able to listen to her or I haven't been able to play with her and give her connected energy. And she is hard to manage. <laughs> and the other day I'm like, oh, I just want to take you back to the shop. But, you know, she, it's nice to know the difference. And they're the calling points where I'm like, okay, if, you, if I'm finding you tricky, then that means that I need to stop and listen some more. You know? Yeah, yeah. And how do you feel towards Nina when you when you are listening now and afterwards? Because I know that for- I remember too, um, like a month into a bear parenting, because I sort of did start aware parenting, was a crying convert in the first week, and then panicked because no one else was doing it and tried to find a reason for it to not work. And I was like, you know, it, it's just, it's a lot to be so different from what everybody else does. And then about a month into it, I remember ringing my mum up and telling her, I'm like, I thought that I loved Nina, but I'm like, mate, this is on a whole 
another level of just how connected and how much I adore her and how interested I am in her. Like it's not hard to play with her now and it's not hard to be with her because we've got a really good bond and we've, you know, I, I don't know, it's really hard to explain, but the days are no longer long. They're really short and I get to bedtime and I'm like, oh, crap, man, I haven't seen you enough. Oh, I haven't done anything. I just can you another hour for bedtime. Like that's, and that's pretty incredible, I think, to, to feel so love, you know, so much passionate joy for your child is incredible. And to know, like, you know, when she is having a really big release down, a really big cry, to no longer feel the pressure that I'm, A, have to solve it, B, have to do anything except sit and actively listen. Like that's such a huge relief, you know, and then it feels nice to be able to say to this little person who's dependent on me that I've got you and I can hear what you have to say and, you know, clearly something's upset you but I can still stop and listen and I can help through doing that. You know, that's that's really bonding in and of itself. It is. And because we all, none of us want our babies to be upset or to, to experience right. hardships or anything like that. And so sometimes when our babies are crying, we can get really panicked. Well, what can I do to fix it? What can I do to stop it and to, to make it better? And then there's some things that you can't make better. And it takes, it, it, as you say, it takes pressure off us because we know that actually what's going to be the most helpful thing for our babies is just, just to be with them and allow them to release the stress so that they then can cope with, because you've gone back to work and you've gone back to work yep. one day a week. Two days, two days. Two days a week, yeah, okay. Um, which, you know, I, my poor little baby who's, especially because she was born during lockdown, you know, she right at lockdown peak was when Nina was born. So she's only had me and for a lot of her life she's only been held by me for, for the first month. It was me and my mum and that was it that held her. You know, so she's been very sheltered and suddenly in a very short period of time I've had to leave her with strangers and for long periods of time she's had to take a bottle from somebody else. That's not me. Um, it, that's difficult and gut-wrenching and I really didn't want her to feel abandoned. I didn't want her to feel as though all that connection that i built had now just been broken. But... It hasn't, you know, because I come home now and, you know, I pick her up and invariably we talk about the day and she has a cry and she lets me know that it wasn't cool that I left her again. And, you know, it's it's slowly, slowly becoming to a point where it's more that she wants to, as much as she can, explore the world with me when I pick her up and show me past, you know, she wants to show me around the daycare and she wants to show me around the car park at daycare, which I think is her way of saying to me, this is my space now, I'm happy here, I'm comfortable, as opposed to crying. So, you know, I think I think it's really had a positive on us and it's had a positive on me because I've learned to cry too, you know. Oh, yeah. I felt really crap about going to work and when I felt like it was really too hard Instead of I quite like binge watching and I quite like eating to, to resolve my problems. And instead now I find myself turning TV off when I'm distracted from it 
Um, um, and I'm, you know, not wanting to eat as much junk food as, as what I once did. And I think it's because I'm happy to sit in my emotions as well now. Wow. So I think it's, it's helped both of us. That's amazing. It's, it, yeah, you, you think, oh, just let your baby cry and it'll do so much. And you think, like I used to think, I was like, no, that's crap. Like, it's not going to work. You know, I, A, I won't be able to listen to her because I really couldn't handle her. The second she'd cry, I would lose my cool. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, it's just changed my world, changed my thoughts about how I approach people and how I approach problems and, and thoughts. Yeah, amazing. So if you could say anything to people who might be on the fence about whether to <laughs> discover where, you know, or go further with the Wear Parenting or sort of like take that leap or, you know, or even join the Wear Parenting Babies program, what would you say to somebody who's like, I intellectually get it, but oh, I'm not sure. It's hard. Oh, the other way, I was like, I emotionally get it, I intellectually can't. Oh, okay, because I intellectually got it going, yeah, that's a really good concept, but my baby, I don't want her to be upset. So, yeah, I had it the other way around, but, yeah. Um, I remember sending you an email really early in the course. This this will go somewhere, I promise. Um, and I remember being too nervous to say it to you in the group, but my question was basically... Um, I don't know about this, but I'm not sure. And how do I know that it's okay? Yeah. Um, and I remember you saying something along the lines of in the email, you know, you listed with a whole pile of really good thoughts and logical things that I could connect to. And I was like, that's good. And then you said, but what else would you do? Or something to that effect. Yeah. And that's really helped. That thought, what else would it, how else would you do this? And I think if you're sitting on the fence, then what harm is it going to do to listen to your baby cry? You know, if, if, if aware parenting is all wrong and it's all a crock and it's, it doesn't make sense, then the alternative is to let your baby cry and to let them cry themselves to sleep and to let them have these problems. On their own. On their own, by themselves. Mm. And therefore, by you crying with them, nothing's changed, you know, if it's wrong, except a promise that you won't feel that way. I promise that you'll end up going, gosh, I feel connected. Gosh, the crying happens less. Gosh, the crying's easier to manage. Gosh, my kid is calmer. Gosh, we have longer periods in the day without crying. Gosh, they feed better. Gosh, they sleep better. Gosh, you know, you, you, it all, it, you know, what else would you do, I think? Yeah. Because, yeah, as you said, the alternative is either just to leave your baby to cry on their own or to constantly try to distract them from their feelings, which leads them to being more unsettled and is exhausting for us as mums. So, you know, even if you look at it from that point of view, I don't want to do either of those two alternatives. So here's this another amazing way. Yeah. But the more you do it, or even just that, I mean, you had an amazing first experience and then you just go, wow. Yeah. wow yeah you know you've fallen in love with it I think and like I don't shut up about it now um <laughs> and you know we it, it's it's even you know things because it, it takes a while to learn how to, to, to I, I catch myself distracting Nina all the time or panic 
to make sure that I do the right thing by her, to make sure that she won't get upset. Um, and, you know, it takes a while to figure out and to practice. But when you do get those days when you've nailed it and your kid is super calm and life is super easy, and you're just like, this is the best. Or when people comment on your kid being just a delight to be around and you're like, yay, it's not going <laughs> And because that is a combination of that a play that you were saying, the roughhousing that you were doing, the sort of attachment play, you know, all of this beautiful play coupled with the crying, it just meets all of her emotional needs with yeah. connecting with you. I mean, it's just brilliant. So, And it means that she's, she's really comfortable to connect with other people because I was really worried about that too. You know, being just the two of us and then knowing that she has to find other people in the world and making other friends. And I thought, oh, God, I don't want this baby to be connected to me and that's all that she's got, you know. But she's not. You know, she's so happy now to, to for me, I don't know, to leave her with other friends or to have other people that come over and, and play with her. I don't know, we went, like I said, for a play date today and I reckon I spent a good half an hour nowhere near her and she was having a brilliant time and she didn't need me to be beside her at that moment because she's got this really strong connection that when she does need me I come every time you know and that I stop and I listen and I do what it is that she needs so to take risks no worries she can to to leave my side that's cool mum will come back and it's safe now, for some reason, the recording bizarrely stopped. I don't know why, um, but we chatted for about another five to 10 minutes. But you can really, just from even listening to that, hear the extent of how aware parenting has impacted on her and Nina's lives together and their emotional state. And you can hear how relaxed Nina pretty much was throughout that whole time. So if you were, if you resonated with that, first of all, please subscribe and share this with your friends because this is so worth sharing with other people so that we can all benefit from being with our babies and our children in this really connected, emotionally aware way. And if you would like to find out more about how to do this with your own children, um, Doors to Aware Parenting Babies are now open, or if you're listening to later on, the wait list will be available and I'll be opening the doors to it very soon. So come on over to parentingwithplay.com.au forward slash babies. And if you've got an older child, um, age one upwards, and you would like to implement this approach and get some support around it, again, come on over to parentingwithplay.com.au and Doors to Annoying to Amazing will either be open or soon to be open. So that's those two are my two key flagship programs where I really go into detail about how to support your babies and your children with their emotions using play and listening to feelings and including tears and tantrums and how to just apply to that into everyday life. If you want one-on-one -on -one support, I'm also available here too. So enjoy the rest of your week. I hope you really enjoyed this interview too. And again, thanks to Vivian and her gorgeous daughter, Nina, and I will see you again next time.